This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach! Give me great food. Tacos! Give me adventure. Hiking! Give me a date night. Sunset cruise! Give me some smiles. Cheese! Give me more beaches. Beaches! What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to Saber Production of iHeartRadio and Stuff Media. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today we're talking about pierogi. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of you have written in and requested this one, especially recently. So huh. we were only too happy to do it. Oh, absolutely. Pierogies are one of my favorite foods. They are delicious. I only had them for the first time like a year ago when I bought them to D&D and it blew my mind. So good. <laughs> Why did I not try any when I was in Poland? Oh, what was man. I thinking? You always try the local dumpling. I know. I remember I had something else. <laughs> <laughs> I can't recall what it is, but it was a local delicacy and everyone was telling me I had to get that thing. But I didn't get pierogi. Oh, uh, well, there's still, Poland is still there. That's you can, true. You can go back. I could return. Yeah. There are a few places in Atlanta that make them, but I've every time I've ordered them, they, they take the order and then they come back a couple minutes later oh. and always say they're out. It's the huh. curse. Yeah, I guess I guess I've seen them on a couple menus around town. I'm um I, I grew up with them being from Ohio and Pennsylvania. My my dad would make them at home, usually the frozen kind, but because uh, he was not a fan of rolling out dough. But um, <laughs> but fair. yeah, yeah, just box of Mrs. T's, boil yeah. them a quick second, pan fry them in butter. So good. I found I found some at our new local Kroger. And they're waiting in my freezer. Ooh, yes. 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 Uh, but I suppose this brings us to our question. Pierogi. What are they? Well, 
Pierogi are a type of filled dumpling, and the singular in Polish, which is where we got the word from, is pyrug. Pyrugi being the plural, and I think I'm saying that right. Um, so I'm gonna try to roll with not pluralizing by adding an s on the end, but that's yeah. how we always said it when I was growing up. So it's pretty common in the United States to do that. It is. It is. Yeah. Anyway, okay. Yes. Uh, what it is? It's a type of dumpling. Um, the the dough used for the wrapper is a little bit on the thick end of the dumpling spectrum. Um, it's made with wheat flour, uh, usually some kind of egg yolk or uh, milk or sour cream in there to make it chewy and tender. They're usually a uh, half circle in shape made by folding over a, a round uh, over like a lump of filling. And that filling can be a number of things. Mashed potato is sort of the baseline in the United States to which you might add cheeses, uh, sautéed onions, and or cooked bacon. Other traditional fillings, though, include ground meat um, or sauerkraut and mushrooms or a soft, fresh cheese like, like farmer's cheese or cottage cheese. And you can also make them sweet uh, with berries and sweetened fresh cheeses. I mean, of course, you can put anything you want in there, like no one's stopping you. And people have. Yes. People oh, definitely have. <laughs> absolutely. Um, all the fillings, though, are going to be pre-cooked because when you prepare pierogi, you're, you're just cooking the dough and, and then just heating the interior through. So you boil them just until they're tender and conserve them either straight like that or take that extra step of pan frying them, usually in butter afterwards, to, to brown the dough and give it this outer layer of crispness that just contrasts really well with the tenderness of the dumpling and the soft fillings. Mm. Ugh. <laughs> um, yeah, the, the result is just this little dream of a dumpling. Um, like the dough puffs up a little bit as it cooks, and they just feel like light and fluffy but still have that satisfying like pasta-like chew. Traditionally, they are served with sour cream uh, for dipping and often sautéed onions and bits of bacon and can be served either as a side dish or a main dish. The sweet kind might be served with jam or a fruit sauce or just a sprinkle of powdered sugar and can also be eaten as a main course, lunch more often than dinner, um, or as a dessert. One of the favorite facts, I don't know if this is true, but if anyone from Poland knows and can verify, please do, but I read that pierogi is generally the standard because it's understood you're never just going to have one. <laughs> like, you're always going to have more than one. Oh, yeah, there's no singular. <laughs> exactly. Of, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's adorable. I hope that's true. <laughs> you can also make baked pierogi, um, maybe with yeast in the dough to give it some rise, resulting in a more like pastry-like sort of thing, sort of like an empanada. Um, or you can deep fry them, because why not? Yeah. Uh, potato knishes are, are related. Oh, gosh, and now I really want to do an episode on knishes. Um, and, of course, all the things that I just said very widely. Uh, like, everyone has their own family recipe and preference. Um, some people think that putting egg or dairy in the dough is ridiculous. Ridiculous. Really? They will not stand for it. <laughs> okay. So, you know, your your pierogi mileage may vary. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, that makes sense, I guess. <laughs> Um, what about nutrition? Uh, yeah, dumplings are pretty much never a health oh. food, unless you're talking about mental health, which is totally valid. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it depends on the filling and how you prepare them, but you're usually talking about more carbs and fat than, like, protein and micronutrients. So, like, they will fill you up. Boy, howdy, they will. But um, to help keep you going, uh, they're best paired with a vegetable, maybe a protein. So maybe bacon and onions. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> we do have some numbers for you. Yes. Pierogi are eaten throughout Eastern Europe in parts of the United States and Canada and the rest of Europe, too. But oh. they are particularly associated with Poland, yes, where they are a really popular item at holidays, all kinds of holidays. Oh, yeah. Um, weddings, funerals, all of it. 
On Christmas Eve, for example, many make and eat a traditional pierogi called uzka or little ears. And these are smaller pierogies stuffed with mushrooms in small bowls of borscht. Um, I think it's little ears. Yeah, they do look like little ears. They do, um, sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they are a major comfort and nostalgic food, all kinds of pierogi. Oh, yeah. Um, they are also popular in Catholic communities during Lent and on Fridays when they don't eat meat. And there's also another variation called lazy pierogi, which have mashed potato and cheese um, incorporated directly into the dough. So you make them like like gnocchi. Oh. No filling, just, yeah. Still sounds good to me. I know, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Oof. Uh, you can buy frozen pierogi, as I was saying. The leading brand by far in the United States is Mrs. T's, which as of 2017 was selling very nearly 6 million boxes of pierogi per year. It was picked over when I went. I had trouble finding them, and it is because they were all the way towards the back. Yeah. So people going for it. (laughs) There are pierogi festivals throughout Poland, also a handful in the U.S., Pierogi Fest in Whitting, Indiana, in July. Um, There's also one in Lawrenceville, Georgia. And it was on my birthday this year, and I didn't know about it. Oh, man, next (gasps) year. Gosh. Next year. Okay. (laughs) Speaking of something I really want to check out, Pittsburgh has the Great Pierogi Race. A mascot race during the Pittsburgh Pirates baseball games featuring Oliver Onion, Cheese Chester, Jalapeno Hannah, Sauerkraut Saul, Pizza Penny, Bacon Bert, and Potato Pete, of course. Can't, of course. Can't forget about Potato Pete. Uh, yeah, and people do get real wild with the fillings these days, like Italian style with a, with a sweet peppers and mozzarella or, or with eggplant, um, barbecue pierogi, quesadilla pierogi, Cajun pierogi, Reuben pierogi, bourbon meatball pierogi. These are all from a place called the Pierogi Palace, which is in Cleveland. Of course. I love it. <laughs> it is. A small town in Alberta, Canada, is the proud owner of a 27-foot pierogi statue. <laughs> and in the 90s, their mayor pushed to get the pierogi on the $2 coin. When he was making the case for it, he said, why choose the polar bear? The response was, it's strong, to which the mayor responded, but if it doesn't have any pierogies to eat, it's not going to be strong very long, is it? <laughs> Did not pass, surprisingly. Um, a fork was later added to the statue to clarify what it was because people would stop it. Would, and go like, what the, what, what's, is what is that? It I is, mean, the fork would help, but I still might not be sure what it is. I'm not sure, yeah. But, I mean, I knew it was it was labeled pierogi statue, so I was like, oh, it's a pierogi statue. But if I just happened upon it, I think I would also be confused. Yeah, very fair. Um, (laughs) Pierogies are a popular church fundraiser food in parts of the United States. Um, And, okay, while this isn't an official, like, world record or anything, there is this Russian Orthodox Cathedral, uh, St. John's, in Mayfield, Pennsylvania, that makes 15,000 pierogi every Ash Wednesday. Um, A church representative (laughs) told the Associated Press, we don't strive for 15,000. We limit ourselves to 15,000. <laughs> I love it. Just have a big party and, like, everyone gets together and does the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, um, speaking of churches, an Ohio woman back in 2005 saw the face of Jesus on a pierogi, and she sold it on eBay for uh, $1,775. Well, that's a future episode. What <laughs> happens to those foods? I'm assuming they don't get eaten. Well, I mean, maybe they do. Maybe they, I'm not sure. I feel like by the time it takes you to like sell a thing on eBay, a pierogi isn't really right good anymore. Yeah. Unless you've stabilized it in some way that would also probably not make it 
good anymore. Right. I wonder if there's a museum somewhere that just has these <laughs> faces and foods museum or something. Huh. Never thought about it. Further research. Yes. Another time. <laughs> there is a Guinness record for the largest pierogi. Um, it's for a 123-pound specimen. That's about 56 kilos that was made in Pittsburgh in 2014. Larger pierogi have been reported, though. <laughs> um, there was this team in, uh, in Mantua, Ohio, that made a 200-pound pierogi in 2017. That's about 90 kilos. Um, this was at the Mantua Potato Festival. They, like, created this custom boiling pan for it, and it took 10 people to wrangle the pierogi into it. Oh, Lord. <laughs> After boiling, um, they, like, dumped a bucket of butter on it and then used a blowtorch to create the crispy crust. <laughs> this is terrifying and impressive. And they served it with 50 pounds of onions cooked in 6 pounds more butter. <laughs> oh, my. Whoa. <laughs> How long did it take for that to get boiling? Oh, I'm not. I'm not sure. I didn't see that. I mean, I get impatient. Get a small <laughs> pot to boil, <laughs> right? I'm like, oh, it's been three minutes. <laughs> it's really only been ten seconds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and another record, um, the Guinness record for fastest pierogi making, which was set just this past December by a Polish woman. She made 1,066 pierogi in an hour. That what? is one pierogi every 3.4 seconds. Dang. Yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> um, she did this at the annual plum festival in southern Poland. So the filling for these pierogi was smoked plums. Um, and technically, she only needed 1,000 to set the record. But she, like, wanted to make extra to be safe in case any, like, broke open during during cooking. You got to have a contingency plan. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She had a 66 pierogi contingency plan. Good for her. Love she it. succeeded. <laughs> Pierogi restaurateurs, by the way, will tell you um, that the average person can make about 100 an hour and like an expert can do like 150. Wow. So this is truly impressive. Impressive. I mean, <laughs> I was impressed prior <laughs> to that knowledge, but now I'm even more impressed. <laughs> uh, yeah. And we have some pierogi history for you. We do. But first, we're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsor. Let's hit it. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a wave. Surfing. Give me a city tour. The trolley. Give me animals. The zoo. Give me some sea life. <laughs> Give me museums. Park. Give me a woo. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride in the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes three extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in LA. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. 
all these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...with zero qualifications... She had a Harvard plaque. ...tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. ...that this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes about six million approximately 11 million dollars nearly 10 million dollars was all gone employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry she would probably have sex with one of her clients hide your money in your old rich men because <laughs> she is on the prowl listen to queen of the con season five the athlete whisperer on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. So dumplings, as a larger category, have existed all around the world, originating at all kinds of different times. I believe one of the person who wrote in suggesting pierogi also suggested we do a mini-series on different types of dumplings. Oh. Happily. Yes. Anytime. Yeah, anytime. They are definitely we start today. our favorite foods. <laughs> so, yes, just want to put that out there. We're focusing specifically on the pierogi, but mm-hmm. the dumpling itself is a much wider topic. Yeah. Yes. Pierogi probably arrived to what is now Poland in the 13th century, most likely an import from what is now Ukraine. Uh, yeah, yeah. The concept of dumplings is thought to have, like, journeyed west into Eastern Europe first, now Ukraine, then Poland from China. Yes. Some stories credit a specific person, the Hyacinth of Poland, a monk that went on to be known as the patron saint of pierogi. That is amazing. I had no idea. I didn't either. The universe is more glorious today for us knowing. It is. It is. The story goes he got this title after advising the people of a small village to pray. They did so. And the next day the sun was out and the crops flourished. It had been hailing and raining bad weather. So they prayed. Good weather. To thank him, the townspeople made pierogi with the crops that resulted from this flourishing. In a different version of the tale, he served pierogi to starving people during a 13th century invasion. Today, the winners of a pierogi cooking contest at um, at Krakow's annual pierogi festival take home a statue of St. Jessic with pierogi. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so much better than an Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> also amazing thing I found, the saying, St. Hyacinth and his pierogies equals holy smokes. Oh, my gosh. Equivalent. Uh. Yes. <laughs> That is 
Excellent. Excellent. Need to start incorporating that into daily language. I want it. I'm going to do it. Perfect. Um, Other sources do suggest that Marco Polo might have introduced the idea of dumplings at large after his travels to China. But, yeah, they certainly existed in China prior to this, whatever the case. Yes. Mm -hmm. The first written pierogi recipes appeared in the 1682 book Compendium Furcolorum. Chopped kidneys, greens, veal fat, and nutmeg. That was in the filling. Yeah. Um, There was also a recipe in there for a baked version um, that was sweet that was filled with preserves made from rose and elderflower. Ooh. I know, right? Very fancy. Mm -hmm. The fillings reflected the needs and resources of the people who made the pierogi. Well-off folks stuffed them with then expensive ingredients like fruit, sugar, and spices, while the less well-off stuffed them with whatever they had on hand. Yeah. The word pierogi popped up in English writing circa the 1850s um, from Yiddish-speaking immigrants. Etymologists disagree on the origin of the word. They think it's either related to um, to pie, which makes sense. It's mm-hmm. sort of like a tiny pie. Or to this proto-Slavic word for feast or party. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. All is good. Yeah. All of that. <laughs> when it comes to pierogi ruski, the variety filled with fresh white farmer's cheese and potatoes, those actually did not originate in Russia. Nope. They instead came from pre-war Poland, now Ukraine. Prior to 1945, Ukrainians called them Polish pierogi. The Ruski most likely was a result of the post-World War II migration of Poles from western Ukraine to west of Poland. Waves of Polish immigrants arrived in the U.S. during the 1880s to the 1920s and again after World War II, introducing Americans to pierogi. For a while, these were mostly eaten within Polish homes with recipes that had been passed down for generations. But they gained popularity locally in part thanks to their presence at charity fundraisers during the 1940s. And as more and more people got a taste of them, they continued to spread because, of course, they did because they're delicious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to the point that pierogi were in American and Canadian frozen food aisles in the 1960s. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Mrs. T's got their start in 1952. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Back in Poland, modernization sort of pushed the time and labor-intensive process of making pierogi at home to the wayside. Often turning people often turn to frozen options as well. If not, folks might instead go to what were called milk bars, and these were inexpensive government-subsidized cafeterias. In communist Poland, these were one of the few approved places for eating out, as their menus of traditional food items stuck to strict government regulations around what was available. That meant that when communism ended in Poland in 1989, people were eager to try other things. Uh, Just to give you an idea, three years later, when the first McDonald's opened its doors in that country, it sold more in one day than any other McDonald's in the company's history. Oh, wow. At that point, yeah. Huh. Yeah. But the people of Poland started coming back to traditional Polish food in the 2000s while also allowing room for experimentation with those traditional foods. So you see both. You've kind of seen in parallel the traditional continuing people eating those, but also putting all kinds of things in there. Yes. And whole restaurants popping up that are devoted to them. Yeah. And uh... Oh, indeed. <laughs> okay. We need to go to Pittsburgh. <laughs> Okay. And we need to try as many types of pierogies as possible. And go to one of those games. Yes. So we can watch the, the pierogi, pierogi race. race. <laughs> yes. Yes. Saver goes to the baseball games. <laughs> it's about time. <laughs> I bet they have pierogi at that state. They better. 
I know, right? That would be rude. That would be rude. Be you terrible. cannot have a pierogi race and then deny me pierogi. Indeed. <laughs> it's inhumane and I won't stand for That's it. That's our statement. <laughs> if we arrive and there are no pierogi, there will be hell to pay. <laughs> Saver will come down on you with all of their might. <laughs> you thought we were pleasant. <laughs> Not if there's no pierogi and we thought there would be. <laughs> so with that threat in yeah. place... <laughs> Yeah, watch out, Pittsburgh. (laughs) We're coming for you. (laughs) And all your pierogi. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) That's about all we have to say about pierogi. We do have a little bit more for you. But first, we've got one more quick break for a word from our sponsor. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a golf course. 70 courses. Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching. Time for chill vibes. Beach yoga. How about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Happy Pride from Tomboy X, celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women, creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection, obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes three extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex and then he's very vulnerable so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I've never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in in a different aspect of my life now. So... How'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. And we're back with Listener Listener Mail! Home run. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Rebecca wrote, I was reading one of my daily newsletters and stumbled upon this gem of an article about Pliny. I got so excited to find out some new news about our old buddy and thought you might as well. And she was referencing a Smithsonian article from January 2020, so very recent, about the discovery of a 2,000-year-old skull that might belong to our good pal Pliny. What? Yes. Cool. It's a great read. Um, Pompeii and it's all kinds of things. Ah. So recommend checking it out. Yeah. Still still popping up, Bloody. (laughs) Antoinette wrote, I am often reminded of funny stories while listening to Savor, but normally forget about them by the end. I didn't want that to happen to this thought, so I am typing this while listening to the Food Heists episode. I have two petty food thieves in my life. The first, less funny one, is my grandfather. We lived in rural-ish Illinois, where there were commercial Del Monte fields mixed in with local farmers' fields. When my grandfather was alive, he would take corn from the field occasionally, but always made sure it was a Del Monte field, as if that lessened the crime, and would buy from the local farmers. So I totally understand how there can be police forces and detectives for agriculture. If one grumpy old man was doing it, there's probably a scattered army of them committing petty acts of thievery against Del Monte. The second thief, at the other end of the age spectrum, is my family friend's daughter, Lola the Cheese Thief. Her mom had her in the front basket of the shopping cart at the grocery store. Lola, who was a young toddler, sat quietly with her secret the whole time, until they got to the car and her mother started to load the rightfully purchased groceries into the car and Lola pulled out a block of cheese from under her shirt laughing. (laughs) Her mother was horrified and Lola's only explanation was that she liked cheese. (laughs) Unfortunately, it was a spicy pepper jack cheese so Lola couldn't even enjoy the taste of her crime. (laughs) I mean, that's justice right there. (laughs) That is. Steal it. Can't eat it. Can't have it. Yeah. Then you just have to Think on your failure and hopefully learn from your mistakes and steal the right kind of cheese or never steal (laughs) again. (laughs) I had a friend and she thought, you know, at the – those restaurants where you you take the the bill and you come and pay. Sure. And um, at this particular restaurant and a lot of them – a lot of other restaurants like it – they have the um, York peppermint patties. Oh, sure. And they're mm-hmm. like 25 cents or a nickel. Uh-huh. They're cheap. Yeah. She thought those were free. Oh. And I saw her just taking a bunch of them once and walk out. <laughs> you were oh, my God. Like, oh, I'm so sorry <laughs> for know. my friend. And then I had to pay. Like, oh, here, I was like, oh. My, oh. She's like, oh, I thought, you know, mints is free. And I'm like, no. <laughs> 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 no, it has a big thing. This is 25 cents. Ay, ay, ay. <laughs> that was high school. Aw. Well, <laughs> you know, uh, it's it's still a time of learning. We're all students yes. of life. The students of life. Yes. Constantly learning and unlearning and relearning. Yes. Yes. Which is beautiful, if not sometimes exhausting. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> and we love learning from you listeners. Yes. So thanks to both of them for writing in. If you would like to write to us, you can. Our email is hello at saverpod.com. We're also on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at saverpod, and we do hope to hear from you. Saver is a production of iHeartRadio and Stuff Media. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. 
Thanks, as always, to our super producers, Dylan Fagan and Andrew Howard. Thanks to you for listening, and we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation! Give me a golf course. 70 courses! Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching. Time for chill vibes. Beach yoga. How about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.